Drum Buncher Radio, episode 26, number two of the offseason. Trey Yannity, Marty Leap, Nick Caparosa with you as always. Today we are joined by another very special guest, former Cape Cod League MVP, Green Chili Aficionado, the pride of New Mexico State. First round pick, number seven overall, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Nick Gonzalez. Nick, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate you guys letting me on. Of course, man. It's uh, it's always an honor to have players. Players become, you know, you're the future of this organization, the, the number one pick this year for the Pirates. So great having you. Um, let's talk about that a little bit, though. Back in June, you were taken at number seven overall. Take us through that day. What was it like when you got that phone call? I mean, that's, you know, a call that I think every young athlete, young baseball player wants to get, right? Yeah, it definitely is um, something that, I've been working hard uh, to be for a very long time since I was a little kid, and it was a dream come true for me to get that call. And definitely, uh, it was definitely a weird experience this year. Uh, I had nothing to compare it to, really. You know, my first time uh, being involved in this draft or anything, but uh, it was just super exciting because I knew where I was looking forward to, where I was going to go. Um, because you know, I just had no idea where I would land in the draft, and then. Um, it was a very long four months uh, just because the season was canceled and everything. So I didn't have any baseball for about four months. So I pretty much you know, was looking forward to the draft from the day uh, our season got canceled. And I was just super excited and fortunate to get that call. What was the lead up like to that? So like your season was canceled. Was there any, what was the opportunity for you to, you know, interact, I guess, with, with teams and stuff, you know, with, with not being able to actually, uh, you know, play on the college fields? Yeah, it was uh, a lot of Zoom meetings with um, different teams and everything like that. And, and you know, you're, you're talking to 10 uh, higher up in your organization and they're asking you tons of questions every single day. And, you know, you're on a Zoom call and whether you're in your closet trying to talk to them quietly because you got a bunch of roommates or wherever you were, you kind of try to figure it out. And it definitely was a different experience for me Um you know, doing the video calls and everything like that. I, I'd rather, you know, meet face to face before you can kind of get a better a better feel for what's going on. But, uh, you know, you just try to make best with what you can do. You know, nowadays with the virus. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, this is you know, this is such a weird year all the way around. The draft included, obviously, shortened draft. Um, but you knew you were going to be taken early on in this draft. You go in the top ten. And, you know, I think you, you probably, it's nice to you speculated what it would be like once you were finally taken, you know, kind of the reaction, everything. What was that like, though? How has your life just changed since you made the signing and was, was drafted back from June 10th? Yeah, it definitely changed. And, um, you know, something that, that I love, you know, I love what I do every single day. I get to play baseball and, and it, you know, I hate to say it's my job or, you know, it's my work because it's it's not really a job. I when I think of a job, I think of something that's that's tough. And and this isn't like I'm playing. You know, I've been doing this for free my whole life, and now to get paid for it, I just love doing that. And and it, it's amazing. It's you know, my dad, my dad likes to say it's like a fantasy land. Living in a fantasy land, I get to play baseball and get paid to do it, and it's super fun. And I just enjoy it every single day. Now, obviously, going into draft night, I mean, I'm sure you, everyone, you, your parents, everyone in your camp felt confident you'd be a pretty high draft pick based off your pedigree, what you'd accomplished, what the draft board looked like, things of that nature. But prior to the day of the draft, how much 
like interaction, things like that, did you have with Pittsburgh? You know, did you feel like they were a team that might take you if you were still there when they picked the number seven, things along those lines? Yeah, you know, um, I was confident, you know, that wherever I would land, I would be happy and I would be extremely fortunate. And uh, the day before the draft, actually on the ninth, Pittsburgh had me do a – an eye test or something that I had done and of course I did it it, it took me a little bit of time to finish it and then so, that I, so I knew that you know if they had me doing an eye test right before uh, that they were obviously interested and wanted me to get it in so I had known that they were interested in other teams and you know fortunately I ended up here and I'm, I'm very happy and, and blessed to be here. Yeah that's for sure um, you know you were someone that uh, we were looking at you know, on the site a lot before the draft and just leading up just because your name was kind of popping up a lot in that five to seven range. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was, uh, I'm very big into the draft and I was very happy when the senior name was still there at seven, because I felt like really outside of Spencer Torkelson, you know, I felt like your bat was probably the second best pure bat in the draft. And, you know, the, to end up at seven, when you were at one point looking at top five, you know, I wasn't sure if you would get there, but we are definitely excited to have you in this uh, as part of the Pirates organization for sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm yeah, the same thing. I remember We were pretty excited because I was like, I did not expect yeah and you know if you just want to talk about that a little bit more kind of the the moments leading up to getting taken you know it's got to be the most stressful experience i'm sure marty nick and i have never played baseball past high school marty's working on his fastball he's trying to get back in the game but you know, it, it, it's got to be suspenseful. Talk about that night leading up to it, the moments before you were you're drafted. Yeah, I, I was with my uh, friends and family at my house. Uh, and, you know, they say that, what was it? I think 10 minutes this year before, in between picks? Yeah. 10 minutes? 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah, it, was, it felt more like 45 to an hour between each pick. It took so long. And you're just sitting there waiting and you're hoping. You know, it's just it's just because you've been waiting so many months I was about four months of no baseball, no nothing, just training. So I really wanted to know what was next. So, you know, we were all just sitting around the couch waiting and waiting. And I had gotten a few calls um, from my agent uh, about, you know, uh, there were teams going for pitchers or there were teams going for other guys. And then uh, when I think I got the call saying it was Pittsburgh, I think around the fifth pick, um, they had said that, they were going to go with me because the Mariners had got somebody and the Blue Jays had gotten somebody as well. Um, so that's when I found out. And, and I was super excited. I actually, I saw a picture. Uh, someone had tagged me, I think maybe the night before or something, where they like photoshopped the Pittsburgh uniform on and on me and had posted it or sent it to me. I can't remember. And it looked good. I liked it. You know, it felt right. So I think uh, we were all super excited. And my girlfriend's dad is a big uh, Pirates fan, so it worked out great. Oh, man. <laughs> How about that? Man, yeah, you know, I think the mock-up and everything else, it really got us all excited, um, you know, when it started to get closer to that pick. Gonzalez at number seven, but let's let's zoom out. Let's rewind way back before the seventh pick. 
your baseball journey, your career leading up to it. How did you get into this game? Let's talk about your younger baseball days and, and what really got you passionate about, about the game of baseball. Yeah, so I, I grew up playing uh, baseball and football. Um, that's what me and my brother played. He's five years older than me. And, and uh, so we always, you know, grew up playing baseball and football. And then I think at a young age, um, he chose football and I chose baseball, but we still played the, the other sport. And, and um, so I, I got a passion for baseball. And I, I would say a passion for hitting a baseball since I was probably five or six years old. And that's that's all I did, uh, you know, day in and day out was swing the bat in the garage wherever with my brother. We would always compete and do stuff. And he can't he can touch you with the bat. That's for sure. <laughs> football football he's he's a different guy, but um, and that's just how it how I grew up. You know, I grew up playing baseball every weekend, playing football with Hall. And I think offensively, that's just something that was always there for me because I worked at it from such a young age, just always hitting with my dad or hitting with my brother or whatever all the time. And, you know, that, that led to going to college uh, where uh, I had to walk on as close to school at home. Um, I had any interest in me playing. It was New Mexico State uh, because all the other schools that had interest in me threw me a scholarship for, you know, further from home and, uh, Naval Academy, where my brother had went, uh, was definitely on the list. The place that I was thinking about going to, and, and just being a Marine like my brother, and doing that. And um, but you know, fortunately, New Mexico State, I go play for them, and, and uh, so for about three and a half hour drive, I, you know, my parents were fortunate enough to help me out that first year uh, financially, academically, and everything. And then I was able to earn a scholarship that, that following year, my sophomore uh, year. Now, was that something that, you know, you, you guys discussed, if, like, beforehand? Did you know that you would maybe potentially be able to earn a scholarship eventually? Yes. Yeah, that was that was in the discussion. They had said, um, you know, have a good season. And, and I figured, you know, that I was going to have a good year. I, I, I knew going in, kind of, you know, we were kind of betting on myself that I would have a good year and earn that scholarship. That, that was the plan um, from the beginning. And, uh, you know, I put in the work and – Fortunately, made it happen. Right. Does that does that you know just kind of I guess put a chip on your shoulder a little bit, knowing that you came in, um, you know, not not with a scholarship at the time. You knew it was coming, perhaps, but did that ever just really motivate you that extra little bit, knowing that you know I had to walk on it, and I wasn't always a huge prospect in this game. Yeah, it definitely does, and it gives me great perspective. You know, um, you know now. Um, you know, in the professional level, you get treated so nice and you have so many resources and everything like that. So I think, you know, having to uh, walk on to a smaller school and, you know, seeing you know, the, the difficulties we have with resources and, and uh, just trying to make the best with what you got. And, and uh, that kind of that's still sat with me. And I definitely uh, don't take it for granted all the stuff that I have here and that I'm fortunate enough to do. Certainly, certainly. So. You know, your, your New Mexico State career continue to develop, continue to get better. You start to become a higher prospect. Then you head to the Cape Cod League and go ballistic. You win the MVP. Talk about that whole process and, you know, just kind of the, the baseball aspect of getting to be around guys that are so elite in this game at such a young age and kind of how that shaped your game, getting to go up to Massachusetts. Yeah, the, the Cape Cod is the best summer you know, of my life so far. Um, you know, 
I got to play every single day under a great coach, Mike Roberts, and I got to play against um, the best competition in the country, pretty much. Um, and for me, that that's what I needed. Um, I needed to go to, you know, uh, you know, not uh, to do the regular hitting environment. Not like your Mexico State, just you know, uh, the ball does carry over there. So I needed to go to at sea level and with a wood bat and prove against you know good competition that I could swing it. And so fortunately, you know, I was able to do that. And and that that summer for me was huge moving forward. I think. You know, if I go in and I don't do as well, then you know I don't I don't go as high in the draft or wherever. And um, you know, just getting to learn and compete against all those guys was something that I'll never forget. And then ultimately, we also won a championship there and got to be a part of the All Star game, and and that was incredible. Um, the championship series was awesome. Uh, we had won a championship under Mike Roberts. I think I can't remember how many that Katuit has now have quite a few and and that was so awesome for the whole village of Katuit just for all of them to be there watching and how exciting it was just to be a part of that um, all the fans everything like that it's just something I'll never forget yeah it's one thing that leading up to the draft why, why I had a feeling that the parts you know definitely would be interested in this because Ben Charrington really puts a lot of weight in the Cape Codley he really like everyone he has over the last few years, even going back with Toronto, he usually has a lot of success there. I gotta, I gotta think that's a lot because of the bad thing. So, you know, talk about the, you know, going from the college back to the, the winning back world and the college and how and the difference and the adjustments you have to make as a hitter. Yeah, for me, uh, the whole the wood bat, um, the metal bat transition has has never been a problem for me um, just because I think, you know, nowadays wood, wood bats from such a young age and a lot of tournaments, even when you're, when you're young are all wood bat tournaments. Right, so you just right. play so the wood bat is an unfamiliar, you know, in, in a lot of college hitter hands nowadays, but you know, getting up there and, and I think talent wise, I was there. I just had to prove it for myself and, and go out there and just kind of get thrown into the fire and see what happens and see what I can do. I think, you know, it was probably 10 or 12 at bat then. I was texting with my dad, like, you know, dad, I don't, I don't know. I had, a, I think I had a few hits, but I just wasn't feeling that great. He's just telling me, like, just have fun. You're only, you only had 10 at bats so far. Just go up and have fun. And, and ever since then, I kind of just, I've been doing that thing, same thing and just haven't looked back. Yeah, I think I think not looking back is a great way to describe it. Um, you know, just dominance here throughout your career in New Mexico State and in, in the Cape Cod, obviously. But you know, like you said, you were a walk-on. When did this thought of, hey, you know, I might be able to play at the next level, I might be able to be a professional in this game. When did that start to pop into your head? Um, and, you know, become a reality. Yeah, I think that was um, probably after. So after my sophomore season, I was. I was Pleased. I was pleased with that season. I had done some good things, and and then I think heading into the Cape, uh, there was a few. There was a stretch of a few games where I had done really well early in the season, and that's when I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I think this is this is uh, you know getting there now where I believe it was before, and and I think so probably somewhere in between about a quarter through the Cape Cod season, and then uh, after. 
probably after a little bit of my junior year as well, I, I that kind of solidified it. We only had a few games, like 15 or whatever, but somewhere around that time. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think for a lot of college athletes, it really, baseball is a sport where it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you come from. You know, you can make it in this game and be successful. Obviously, you're a great success story uh, for New Mexico, dominating it and getting drafted in the top 10. So you get drafted and you know what's coming. This is a COVID-ridden year. You know this season is going to be all kinds of wacky. It's announced that there's going to be two sites, Altoona and Pittsburgh. You're signed to Altoona. Talk about kind of the thought process that went into that, um, you know, and what it was like right when you got there for, for alternate training camp. Yeah, so that that's a pretty funny story. I was um, – at first I wasn't going to Altoona. I think uh, maybe a, it was about a week or two after they had, had been in Altoona. But I was – actually, I rented a Airbnb in Phoenix, and I was training in Phoenix with a few of my buddies – uh, in this apartment house, and uh, we would train at, at a facility in Phoenix. And um, I had rented it out, uh, bought it for the whole month, and then I think like the third or fourth day I get the call, and they ask, hey, can you get down to Altoona on Monday? And I think it was Friday. And I said, yeah, of course. So I, I left immediately as soon as I could, packed my bags, drove down to back to Tucson um, to pack my things, and then left, I think that's Sunday or Monday, so I was up there at Monday, and that, that was awesome for me. Because I, I really wanted to go there. I really wanted to be there um, just, you know, learning. I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to do some training that wasn't just me and my buddies. I wanted to go on a field. I wanted to, you know, see live pitching. I wanted to do everything. So I was super excited when I got that call to go up there, and that experience was incredible altogether. It was amazing. Yeah, it's got to be, I mean, you know, just a hunger for the game, getting it shut down and then not really knowing. And I think that's just kind of the lifestyle of a baseball player, not just through COVID, but at all times. How has that switched up, your lifestyle in general? You get the signing bonus, you know, you're a professional, you start having to be in a lot of places at once. Has it been an easy adjustment or, or what's kind of been the, the switch up for, for your life? Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, fairly easy. I, I still try to keep that same mindset that I had you know, going through college and, and, um, you know, I'm just, you know, it's, I think it's a little different. I haven't gotten to experience, you know, I haven't had much experience outside of it just because uh, we've kind of been, you know, uh, quarantined other than the baseball field where we live. So it's kind of, you know, that's just all it is, is baseball and back to my room or wherever and to the cafeteria or whatever we do. So that, that kind of having that, um, you know, my experiences have been a little, little shortened but I'm still enjoying it and still having fun uh, I would say you know what, what has changed is it's baseball every day and you know it's something that I get to do every single day I love it I was gonna say I don't think that's uh, too big a deal for you to, to have to play baseball every day um yeah, no not at all no. but you know we, we cover Pittsburgh obviously in depth and we, we covered the Altoona site as much as we could but there wasn't as much media, you know, we couldn't get as as good of a look into what was going on at the ultimate training site. What was kind of the tone there? What was the vibe like, and kind of how that group meshed throughout the season? Yeah, I think it was awesome. I think people really went in there, were looking to get better, and they were hungry. I would say that would be like the, the word to describe it was hungry because there were there were guys who hadn't played in a little while or 
but short, uh, or a player like me who just came in, had played since his college season, had come to prove and everything like that. So I think it was just everyone was hungry. Everyone was, you know, going in, working hard every single day. I got from it. And uh, I think it was really cool to see the players get called up uh, and you get to watch them on TV, pitching the big leagues or hitting the big leagues, whatever it may be. And then uh, we even got to face them, some of our big league pitchers when they uh, do a rehab assignment or come down just to pitch for a little bit against live batters or whatever it may be. That was really fun. And, you know, it was it was a good experience. Well, I'm sure there were a lot of positives to come out of being in Altoona for you, Nick. What was it like to face guys who, you know, have seen Major League time before or maybe went on to see Major League time this year? I'm sure that was a big positive for you, but in your growth as a hitter, and I'm sure, you know, even someone like you with already a decorated background in hitting, anytime you get a base hit off someone who's pitched in the Major League, I'm sure it's going to be a big, big uh, confidence booster as well. Yeah, it is. You know, I think just stepping box against uh, someone who has been in the big leagues and you can kind of see, you know, that, you know, it, it's still a curveball or it's still a change of still fastball. You know, they're, they're, it's not that they're not human or anything. It, they still throw the same pitches. And, uh, yes, they're a lot better and more polished and everything, but it's still the same game. And I think that was really good for me to see uh, early, just kind of, you know, like I said earlier, getting thrown into the fire. Just kind of see how you how you do and make adjustments accordingly uh, based on you know whatever's happening in the games and that's kind of what I did and uh, I had a you know just a lot of fun facing those guys seeing what they're like and getting off of them and then seeing them pitch in the big leagues and and uh, see what other big league hitters look like facing those same guys. Let's. Uh, what about? Other than like the big league guys, who was a pitcher that really stood out that you faced in Altoona? Yeah, uh, there was a lot of pitchers that did really well. I would say all our pitchers did really well. Um, Shortridge, he did really well. I like watching him pitch. Um, and then uh, Kranich, Max Kranich, he did yeah, really yeah, well. Yeah. He was one of our starters that threw a lot. He he was was really good. Um, basketball was getting up there to like 97 98. He was really throwing hard and uh, just good command of everything, real polished. All of our guys. Were, What's his breaking um, pitch like? I know that's something he didn't start throwing until, you know, a little later in his career. Yeah, I think uh, I think slider and a curveball and maybe a cutter. Oh, okay. He's yeah, he has a couple different pitches, different uh, – Awesome. And that's good to hear. Kranich, he was one of those guys. He was an 11th round pick. Gave a, uh, above, you know, the big bonus for the 11th rounder. And he's uh, been someone that, you know, I've been following along. It's good to hear that he's making progress. For sure. Yeah, especially since in a normal season, you probably were looking at him, you know, potentially kicking the door or knocking on the door of AAA this year. So it's good to see him. You know, not getting that season under his belt. It looks like it didn't hurt his development too much. Yeah, no, yeah, he looked really well, and he got a lot of innings. In. What would you say overall about, like, you know, Marty just said about the development? You know, I, I think a big question was, you know, the, the talent level and what they would consider this uh, in terms of, you know, minor league level. So, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is typically you probably would have started in, what, like a short season A and maybe ended up in low A. 
you know, so it, what I guess what are they, you know, is the outlook um, for next year? I mean, I, I, I hope I'm not skipping ahead too much, Gary. I'm sorry. No, no, let's get into it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, honestly, uh, where I'll end up or where I'll be. Um, you know, I haven't asked or haven't talked about it or anything, but um, just kind of been taking it one step at a time here. And, and uh, um, I, yeah, I'm not sure where they're going to put me or where I'll be. Um, I was hoping, you know, just to get put somewhere where I can play every single day and compete, and, and that's pretty much all I'm looking forward to. Right. No, yeah, I mean, that's one of those things, you know, it makes sense. I know they're not thinking probably too much about what level and all that. But from my standpoint, I was thinking about, you know, how they would weigh the time there, you know, versus typical minor league season. Yeah, no, to kind of go off of that, I mean, Nick, how much info do they, do they give you guys at the alternate site? Was it, you know, I guess with so many question marks, did they just kind of take things as it, as it came or did they really try to, be comprehensive with everybody and keep everybody on the same page. Yeah, everyone was definitely on the same page. Uh, you know, we knew what we had to work on. Uh, Espo did a great job organizing everything. Uh, we definitely knew, you know, what to expect every single day when we got to the park. Uh, and we we also had uh, time to handle our own routines and find our own routines and do what we needed to do. Be professionals about it, and you know, yeah, it was, it was good for sure. Um, you know, we, we had the chance to, one of our writers did an interview with Mason Martin just a couple weeks ago. We heard about his personality and, you know, how much fun some of these guys are. Who, who stood out? Who, you know, who do we need to keep our eye on for, uh, for some of these fun personalities? Yeah, um, definitely, uh, Piguero. Piguero, he, he likes to talk. He likes, <laughs> he's really energetic. He's an awesome guy. He's, I lived with him in Altoona and, we got along real well. He's a great guy. Um, definitely Figueroa, uh, in terms of personality, he would be at the top. Well, I like it. A new addition, too. How about that? Um, yeah. You know, but I, and I, I guess to kind of go off of that, too, it's like, you know, there's there's guys in a lot of different spots. When we're talking alternate training, guys at different levels. Was it, you know, what, what's kind of the vibe around the team as a whole? Is it, you know, obviously we're in a position right now where, this team is trying to rebuild. It's trying to get better. You're a big piece of that, of course. What was the vibe like? Is everybody positive? Kind of how how's everybody handling COVID and, and just this season? Yeah, everyone was super positive about it. You know, everyone knows that uh, we all need to get better. I think everyone can improve. And so that's kind of the mindset going in is, is we all need to, you know, we know what we need to work on and be professional about it, get it done. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I know me personally and everyone – around at the Altoona place didn't, didn't take advantage of the opportunity. They went out every single day and were fortunate to be on a field, you know, be a part of the sticky man. And they all put in the work. And definitely everyone got better throughout that time. That's really what the season was about. Just getting better, figuring out as an organization what you have and, and giving guys a chance in alternate right? and at the big league level as well to prove themselves, continue to get better. We definitely saw some improvement all the way around, some positives to go off of this season. So as we get into this off season now, getting to you know talks about twenty twenty one. We we talked about it just a second ago a little bit. Some of your plans, but what do you plan to do on a daily basis to continue to try to get better? You have instructional camp, um, and you know I guess kind of how do how do most major league baseball players prepare for an off season? Prepare for a season coming up. 
Yeah, um, so I'm going to finish personally here. I think I got two more weeks down in Florida, and I'll be done here. And then I've been here since up to the end that I drove down and been staying here the past three or four weeks. And, uh, but, you know, it's going to be my time to that well. But, you know, technically I did have uh, winter break for college and everything. So I kind of did the same thing. I, I pretty much work out, work out the same, hit the same, lift, do everything, uh, take ground balls. And I do everything pretty much the same. I'll be, uh, I'll be home in Tucson for most of November and um, – then December and January, I'll probably be in Phoenix training. Uh, my brother's coming down in November. So I'll get to hang out with him. I haven't seen him since uh, last winter because he's coming down from Japan. Where oh, he's wow. stationed. So I'll, get to, I'll get to train with him and work out with him, do everything. And then there's the same facility in Phoenix, Arizona, that I'll train in uh, for the other half of the offseason. Yeah. How cool is that to have a brother that is so athletic as well? Somebody you can train with that you're, you're so close with. I, I can't imagine. I've only had sisters, so that's always been the dream. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, you get it. He's he's huge. He's a huge human, huge human being. He's large, and strong. That's good to have that guy uh, <laughs> in the gym with you pushing you. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and. As we get closer here, obviously, there's still a lot you have to find out about where you're going to be on opening day. Um, you know, in spring training and everything else will we'll be a big tell to that. But let's talk even further into the future. Your goals, what, what you, where you want to be in maybe five years, where you want to be in two seasons, what you want to do with this organization, and where you plan to go. Yeah, definitely um, just making progress every day. Uh, and then, you know, in five years, uh, hopefully, you know, I'll be playing – uh, on the big league field, playing every single day, and uh, feel that same mindset. Though I'm just get better every single day, and you know whether whatever that takes me in five years, it takes me, and uh, just super excited, you know, just to be playing baseball for a living, to, to put the uniform on, and everything like that. So wherever I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be happy. <laughs> and talented, humble, Nick Gonzalez has it all. Nick, we, we hope to have you on again here in the future. Um, always a blast, you know. If you ever want to come on, talk baseball, whatever, man. It, it's, you know, you're always welcome. Thank you so, so much for joining us today um, and, and just giving us your thoughts um, on, on the state of Pirates baseball and your career. Yep, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks again for coming on, We really appreciate it. You know, all the help with the site and, you know, doing those interviews and everything, you know, definitely uh, – yeah, I appreciate it and look forward to seeing what you can do going forward. Thank you very much. That is going to do it for this episode of Winter Radio. Like I said, Nick, you're always welcome, man. Thank you so much again for coming on today. We're going to meet again in, in a week or so and continue to get into this offseason, break it down, talk about signings that uh, you know could happen here coming up, talk about the winter meetings as we get closer to this 2021 season. But until next time, I'm Trey Anity alongside Marty Leap and Nick Caparoso. This has been an episode of Rum Buncher Radio. As always, you can find us on Omni.com slash Rumbuncher on fansided.com at our social media at Rumbuncher on Twitter and on Apple Music as well. The Pittsburgh Pirates continue to get into this offseason, and Nick Gonzalez is a huge piece of this future. We will have more from him later on track his career. Until next time. This has been a production of Rumpuncher Radio. Let's go.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.